0: Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word.
1: You're going to see the word Gentiles over and over again. So let me explain Paul's ministry. Paul is a Jew. Paul comes from a Jewish background. Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He He was as high up as you could have been in the Jewish religious system. He was like a triple OG in Jewish religion. You know, that was Paul. Paul gets saved. And God says, Paul, your ministry is going to be to the Gentiles. That's going to present some problems, right? Because Paul being a Jew, God said, now your main ministry is going to be to the group that your group has always hated.
0: God is not a respecter of persons, and he shows no partiality. If God himself loves every tribe, nation, and tongue, who do you think you are to show prejudice? Today, Pastor Bill will be challenging you to look at others through the eyes of Jesus. You're called to preach the gospel to the lost, regardless of their background or what they've done. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. God desires that none should perish, but that all would come to everlasting life. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Romans chapter 15, for today's edition of A Transforming Word.
1: Romans chapter 15, verse 14. Says, Paul says, now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God, that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. That the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. So Paul says, look, I'm writing to you guys, not because I doubt you guys. I, he says I don't doubt you guys. I, he said, I know that you guys are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and you're able to admonish one another. I'm not doubting that you guys are, are good people. Right. He says, but I'm doing this to to bring you into remembrance. He says in verse 15, I've written more boldly to you on some points just to bring you into remembrance. Now, sometimes people don't like this. You know, we don't like to be told. You know, so I, in my position, many times I'm telling people stuff that they already know, but they're not doing it. And so, what people do is they I already know that. I already know that. I already know that. But you're not. The, the reason we're talking is because you're not doing that. So I can't tell you how many times I sat down with a husband and I'm saying, "Do you need to love your wife I'm like?" Tell me something I don't know. I'm I'm telling you something you're not doing right. It doesn't matter that you don't. I'm I'm bringing you in the remembrance of something you already know so you can do it. So we got to be careful about that as believers, we do need to be reminded of things and God will remind us. We need to be reminded. How come? Because we're forgetful because we jack up. And we don't, you know, it would be stuff that we know, but we're not walking in it. And so Paul says, look, I'm not doubting you guys. I'm not telling you this because I think you guys are all messed up. But I want to bring you into remembrance because it is a problem. Now, you're going to see the word Gentiles over and over again. So let me explain Paul's ministry. Paul is a Jew. Paul comes from a Jewish background. Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was he was as high up as you could have been in the Jewish religious system. He was like a triple OG in Jewish religion. You know, that was Paul. Paul gets saved. And God says, Paul, your ministry is going to be to the Gentiles. That's going to present some problems, right? Because Paul being a Jew, God said, now your main ministry is going to be to the group that your group has always hated. I mean, it would be like, it would be like, and then I, I I was trying to think this through, you know, what are some groups that are just adverse to one another? It would be like in our culture, someone that was in the KKK getting saved. And God said, I want your main ministry to be the blacks and Jews. Be like that. Like my whole time I was in this group that was we hated those groups. And I know they hate other groups. I don't know all the groups they hate, but you all understand what I'm saying. Now your ministry is going to be I want you to specifically your you're, you're going to just ooze with grace and love and mercy to that group, bringing them the gospel. Now, what your old KKK buddies going to think about that? They'd be like, hey, you, don't, you, you know, that, that's going to look bad. They're they not going to feel real good about you. And we're going to see that Paul, when he went through Jewish areas, they had beef. He was, when he gets done in this chapter, he's like, you hey guys, pray for my safety. Pray for me when I go through these areas because I got people trying to get me because I'm ministering to y'all. This is what we got to capture in that. This is what I believe is the heart of God. Paul is saying, look, I want to remind you guys of God's heart concerning this. Trust that you'll do it. But I want to bring you guys in remembrance. And Paul says, look, I have been called. I've been called to be that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God and offering of the Gentiles that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable and it might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. My heart, my goal, Paul says, is that this group that I previously was against that they would be saved, that they would, that they would be an acceptable sacrifice. It's interesting that Paul uses a lot of priestly terms here. In the Old Testament, for you guys who went to Leviticus, there were sacrifices that were acceptable and not acceptable to the Lord. There were things that if, if someone brought an offering that was not done the way God had prescribed, it was not an offering that was acceptable. I remember Cain and Abel. And so Paul is saying, look, I want the Gentiles are going to be an acceptable sacrifice. And this is what he's saying. God's going to accept them. Right. And if God accepts them, shouldn't you? If God accepts this group of people, then who are we to reject them? As Christians, right, I got this my primary thing. I'm a a minister of the gospel. Where's the heart to reach out to those that are lost? That's where we got to get to as believers. Where we're having God's heart towards these things that are taking place, not letting the world influence how we think, because the world wants desperately to influence us. And and I got to encourage you guys. You got to be so careful that you're spending more time with God and his book than you're spending taking in all these other things. Because You take taking enough of this junk out there, some of your family, some of your friends, some of your social media, some of your TV. And next thing you sound just like the world, look just like the world, think just like the world. And you you'd be calling yourself a Christian, but not looking like one, living like one, thinking like one, praying like one, believing like one. We want to avoid that. Amen. And so Paul here at his time, it was a Jew and Gentile thing. In our time, it's a whole lot of other stuff. But this is the bottom line. Right. Paul saying, my goal, I'm coming at these people with the gospel, the Gentiles. I'm going to be ministering the gospel. And Paul did this with fervor. He did it with passion. He did it at risk to his own self. And he was working to really bridge the gap between Jew and Gentile. He was working. He was he was being a peacemaker best he could in his time. So that should be our heart, too. Right. As you live in a world and people start saying stuff, so, Right. If somebody says something racist around me, should I just let it ride? I shouldn't let it ride. Right. I don't believe that. And my silence sometimes looks like my agreement. So when I have somebody say something, I'm like, I don't agree with that. I disagree. And you'd be amazed how people shut up when you do that. I'm black, so I get around black folk and black folks start talking, black folk talk. I'm Christian, right? Oh, I'm over and above my race, my color. But I'm Christian. I'm going to heaven when I die. Jesus is Lord above everything. So somebody started talking some stuff around me. that I, dis- I disagree. I don't agree with that. I love some people that look like that. I got some people that my in the family of God that look like that. I, I, I died for some people that, that are of that group. So I don't, I don't agree. I don't, I'm not feeling you. Nope. And, and and you got to be okay with that. I got to be okay with them. Look at you a sellout. I'll sell out to Jesus all day. I sold out a day. He, he sold out for me. Right. He died for me. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'll take that rap. So as believers in a world that's fallen in a world that's messed up, we got to we got to be able to walk this thing out. And people need us to maybe not maybe people need us to do it with more boldness and more courage and more passion. But what's the goal behind all that? When I'm telling them why I love these people it's because Jesus Right. Jesus loved me. He died for me. He died for everybody. I, I, I just I can't I can't narrow it down. I can't say Jesus for my group just only for my. I can't I can't do that. Right. I, I can't I can't I can't limit Jesus like that. I got to know that he's for everybody. And so so moving on, look at verse 17 again. Verse 17, Paul said, therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. For I will not dare speak of any of those things with Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. Now, Paul is saying, look, I'm not boasting, you guys. I'm not bragging, but God has done a great work through Paul to reach the Gentiles." So Paul, I'm sharing these things, but I'm not sharing it to boast. I'm recognizing God did it through me. So for those of us that maybe are in ministry or you're serving God and God maybe does something great through you. And it's an awkward thing. Do you share it? Have you shared? Do you sound like you're boasting? Is it, you know, Paul's giving us an example here. Paul saying, look, I got to tell you guys what God did through me in receiving and, and seeing Gentiles become obedient to the faith. But he says, it's not for me, it's it's, it's God's glory. God gets the glory for it. So there's a liberty and a freedom, you guys. We can share what God has done through you. you lead somebody to Christ, it's exciting. If you lead somebody to Christ and you're not excited, then something's wrong. It's exciting to be like, man, God used me today. I was talking to this guy, and the conversation went this way, and before we know it, we was praying, and he received, that's exciting. And you can share that without being boastful. Some of you, if you know you tend to be boastful, then just shut up. Just, just, Just let it go, glory to God, you know, but... But some of y'all, it's okay. It's okay to just, man, I'm excited what God did today. So happy to be on the team. And so Paul's giving us an example. He's sharing what the Lord has done through him with the Gentiles. But he's saying, I want to make sure you know that the glory is to to the Lord. He did it through me. Verse 19, how did God do it? He says, in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and roundabout Lyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And so it's about 14000 mile radius area. Cause I've been going, I've been going, I've been out there preaching. I've been doing my, I've been doing it. And I'm seeing people get saved. I'm seeing God work through me. Now he says there was power. There were signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I noted this when I was reading over this and preparing is the signs and the wonders and the work of the Holy Spirit. As I look in the Bible. I was looking at Acts and I look in the Gospels and I look here at Paul's writings. They're always surrounding the work of evangelism. When I look in the early church and when they were out and God did things, it was when they were out evangelizing. It was when they were out sharing their faith, where God sent signs and wonders, testifying to almost like God's Like, I'm i going to do some extra while you're out there that they, the people that you are to would know that I'm with you, that there's something different about what you're doing. Notice that it was it was not typically in as the believers were gathering together. Uh, it wasn't for the believers necessarily. Many times, majority of the time, it was as, as they went out. Um, in Mark's gospel, 16, verse 17, he says, hey, as you guys go out, as he's giving them the great commission, he says, signs and wonders are going to follow those that go out and do these things. It's going to follow who? though? As you go out. So when we put these days and say, hey, we're going to be going out to witness. I, you know, because I've talked to believers that say, yeah, I've never seen anything. Yeah, I, I read this stuff in my Bible. I've never seen any of this stuff. I've never seen God do anything miraculous. Maybe you're not putting yourself in a position where God needs to do anything. You got to get out there. You got you to get out in the field. And, you know, where you're living and how you're living, there's no need. Right. God don't just do it on GP. It's not for nothing. But as people are out in the field and they're coming against people that believe wrong stuff and there's challenges with the doctrine, um, God's like, I'll show up. There's a group I know that went into a Muslim area. And they were very afraid. They knew that they went there in danger. A group of men that went with the gospel, they smuggled Bibles and they were going to go and try to do some evangelism. And they got there and they said it was really discouraging initially because they're like, we don't even know where to start. Like everybody believes something else. If we you don't know who if you talk to the wrong people and they say that you're here evangelizing, and they go tell the authorities, they can come and do stuff to you. So they were very there was a fear. There was all this stuff. And they said, but. They finally spent a night praying and getting themselves together spiritually and getting ready. And they just said, the next day, we're just going to go. We're going to pray as we go and just look for who we could talk to. And as they went out to talk and to witness and to minister, God sent them two different people that he had met them through dreams. So these people live in Muslim areas where they, they have not heard the gospel, but they have in dreams about Jesus. And these guys come preaching the gospel and they just fill in the gaps. They're like, I just had this dream. And as they're explaining the gospel, it's like the dream and what you're sharing is the same thing. And God, that's a supernatural. That's God saying, I, I got I'm going to work with you to get these people to faith. And those things are amazing. Right. But how come God did that? Because they were out in the field. They were out in danger. They were out there where the work was happening. At. So we got to get out where the work is at. And so I do challenge everybody here. Right. That we would do our part in sharing the gospel. It's interesting that God could have picked any way he wanted to have the gospel sent through the world. But God says, the way I want to do it is I want those that have been touched by the gospel. I want those that have received the gospel to be the ones that are going to take it to others. Right? God could, God could do a miracle. God could stick his head out of the cloud and say, boom, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I am God, get right, or you're going to hell. He could do that. He could, he could do anything he wanted, but God said, I want it to go through you. I want you to do your part. You know, There are people here right now that I know when you first came, you were brought by somebody else. Maybe even reluctantly, but you got here. And, and I look at those people that they, those people were they were doing their part and they may not be trained. The guy that led me to Christ was essentially a new believer. He couldn't answer none of my Bible questions. None of them. None. All he knew was the gospel and that he didn't want me to go to hell. That's it. That was that was that was what it took to, to get me saved. That and God. God worked on his behalf. He shared. And then God, you know, sent some other people with a track and literally scared, made me afraid of hell. And I was like, all right, I need to get saved. And, uh, and I got saved. And I've never been the same. And I look back and I'm like, man, I got led to the Lord by a brand new Christian, pretty much just brand new. No, no depth. He wasn't a theologian. He couldn't answer my questions. I was hitting him with stuff. I was winning every argument, but losing every battle because he would leave. And even though I won the argument because he would just stop at a point. He would leave and I would feel convicted and empty. And in my spirit and my soul, I knew he was right and I was wrong. And then God just brought it all together. So, but what if he didn't do that? What if he didn't care enough to share? Because I was 19 years old. And if I could tell you guys that up until that point, at 19 years old, all the other Christians I know didn't say nothing to me. A couple people. But for the most part, most people I knew that were Christians that knew I wasn't left me alone. They let me be. Don't do that. Don't. If you're in people's lives and you know they're not saved, man, say something. So what if it messes up the relationship? They're going to hell. Like, love them enough, care enough. I, I'm offended at the people that just watch me. You just watch me go to hell. Like, do you really believe? I, it makes me question if they really believe. Like, do you really believe that? When I got saved, I went right after my sister. Me and my sister grew up like this. I'm like, I got to take her with me. She got to get saved. And she didn't get saved right away, but she was hearing about it nonstop. And I went after my mother. And my mother was hearing it nonstop. And my mom fought me and fought me and fought me. And I mean, literally, we were fighting with me. I'm like, but I'm working on her. And she got saved a year before she died. My dad, I'm still working on pops, working on them. I have to. I can't, I'm not counting on anybody else to do it. I need to do it. And now we moved, we got neighbors. I'm going after my neighbors. I'm not, when I go after them, I'm not going after them. I'm not running down the street like, get over here. you know. But I'm, when I say going after, I'm building relationships. I'm trying to figure out what. What else do we have to talk about? I'm, I'm figuring out where the women are. I'm telling them, I go down there and talk to her and get her number and invite her. And you get you. So, I'm anytime I, if I come across women, I'm getting my wife hooked up. Whoop you got that, bam. And I'm looking at the guys and I'm figuring out their guys are like dogs. So I will take my dog, take the pit bull. And we go down there and they want to talk about dogs, talk about dogs long enough. Then we talk about some other things. But I'm it's it's I'm there, right? I want to do something. I want that block should be different from there a whole year. It should be a difference. I wanna see some souls. I wanna see some people that, that didn't know Christ when we got there that now know Christ because we are there. BJ got his little group, BJ went to all the old mothers, all the old ladies, and he took them flowers on Mother's Day and offered prayer. So they love him. So now we got all the old ladies, you know. So and like, we can go to their house and, and I just take BJ with me. He go in there, he, he can say anything he wants because he's little. And uh, I take him. You go ahead and preach, son, you know. But let's let's be about this, right? This is what we've been called, it's a great privilege. And anybody here that's had the privilege of leading someone to Christ and then watching them get going and grow. It's awesome. It's awesome to look and say, God, you you let me be a part of that person's eternal transformation. Um, And everybody needs to experience that. And the thing is, you got to you got to throw enough seed out there before you finally see some some things sprout. So if you sow sparingly, I tried that one time and they yelled at me, I don't do it no more. You know, then you got to keep going. Right. It's, It's like being a salesman. You will never make it as a salesman if you get your feelings hurt with a few no's. Right. As a salesman, you got to just say, I'm going to take that. that. That was no. That wasn't really no. You say, it's no for today. I'll see tomorrow. you tomorrow. Know? But we got to have that kind of tenacity. If, if people can do that for money, right, then for the gospel. I got to be able to take me and get my feelings out of the way. It ain't about me. But a lot of people won't share because they're worried about they get their feelings hurt. They, they made me look dumb. They made me feel bad. I mean, stop feeling so much. And just, 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 do it. You know, just, just stop feeling. So it don't matter how you look. I don't. If I get hit with a question I don't know, it's a great day. I grow today because I only get asked a question I don't know once. You can ask me something I don't know, and I'm not prideful. I'm gonna say I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. My kids have stumped me, Dad. What about that? Man, that's a great. I don't know today. I'm going to look it up and get back to you. And now I'll know next time somebody asks me that. So we got to get out there and be about that. But let's let's keep this moving. So Paul is sharing what God has done through him and ministering to the Gentiles and saying how there was signs and wonders and the power of the Holy Spirit was working with him. The last part of verse 19, as he went through Jerusalem and, and Lyricum, and he says, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ to out here. you I've fully done it. Um, nothing hindered, nothing held back. I've given them the full counsel. I've given them fully preached the gospel. I got to say this on that. Right. In sharing the gospel, because there are some people today that would say they preach the gospel. They haven't fully preached the gospel. If then you know, I, I won't point out people, but there are people on television personalities and so forth and so on that the gospel doesn't include the, the, the actual biblical tenets of the. What is the gospel message in its entirety? Right. What is the message of the gospel? It's the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that he died. He was buried. And three days later, he rose from the grave. Do you believe that? And the maybe one of the best places that the gospel was capsulized is in 1 Corinthians 15. And I'm going to read um, first three, three verses, verses one through three of 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you. Unless you believed in vain. And he tells us what he preached. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins. So I in hearing the gospel, I know I'm a sinner and I know Christ died for our sins. He says, according to the scriptures, verse four, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And Paul goes on to talk about how he was seen by Peter and five hundred other people after his resurrection, but that's the gospel: that Jesus came, he died for your sins, that he was buried, and three days later he rose from the grave, conquered sin, death, and the grave. And as we put our faith in him, as we believe that, that is the gospel. That is the message that saves us. If I tell someone just 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 give your life to Jesus so you get out of your trouble, that's not the gospel. And a lot of people have believed that gospel. You know what? It lets them down. If I go to somebody that's in financial straits, I say, if you just give your life to Christ right now, God will take care of that. For real? Yeah. Well, pray with me right now. I'll give my life to Christ he take care of my problems. Bam. And they still lose the car. The, car. The, the, the stuff don't fix. That's not the gospel. And then when you give people a false gospel, when it doesn't work, they think God failed them. But you know what? God didn't fail them. You did. Or whoever gave him the false gospel. Um, I've had people that I know that were told, you know, you give me your life to Christ and, and then give all this stuff and then God's gonna do X, Y, and Z. And then when God doesn't do X, Y, and Z, they're like, God didn't do his part. God was misrepresented. This is the goal of the gospel, right? My biggest need is not more money, not a bigger house, not a better car, not some more stuff. My biggest need is my sins forgiven, right? When I die and I stand before God, it won't matter if I was rich, poor, smart, dumb, skinny, fat, Whatever. What's gonna matter when I stand before God is do I stand there forgiven or do I stand before Him in my sins? Everything based off of that. So if I believe that Jesus died for my sins, was buried, and rose from the grave, and I put my faith in Him, and I've repented of my sins as a result, and I'm walking with Him as a result, when I die and stand before God, I'm good. Welcome in, son or daughter, if you're a lady, right? But if I stand before God and I've I've bought some hokey gospel that God, I want some stuff and I I believed in you that you could do me some favors and give me some things and some stuff and bless me and everything else. I'm going to stand there as somebody that don't really know him, having come according to the scriptures. Like Paul kept saying, according to the scriptures, according to the, I haven't come to you, according to the scriptures. I've heard a first gospel, a false gospel. I believe the false gospel. But now I'm standing before the true living God and I don't know him. Right. I don't want to be responsible for preaching that kind of gospel. So as you go out, the gospel is that simple. The death, the burial, the resurrection. Um, it also is important to let people know why. Right. This is something else that people avoid. Right. Some people love to talk heaven. Hey, you got to save your life. Give me the. We share the upside. But there is a downside. And some people. Will be encouraged by the love of God. I just want God's love in my life, and they'll come to that. Other people, you're gonna scare the hell out of them, like me. I got that that's how I got saved. It wasn't it wasn't the love of God that, that didn't that didn't really. I'm good. You know, it's good to come to God, He loves you so much. I, I got other people love me too. My mama loved me. You know, I am not lacking love in my life at this point in time, you know. That wasn't really speaking to me, but when he got to hell and it was like out of darkness, weeping and wailing, gnashing the teeth, of darkness forever and ever and ever. That' I sat with, I I kid you not, I sat with them verses over a 40. And I began to fear, I began to have a fear of God in my life. And I go out the very next day and get the track. You guys have heard my testimony. And somebody gave me a track that says what to do to go to hell. And you open up, it says nothing. You're already going. I thought he was going to come down to my house and like, show me how. He said, wait till Sunday, I take you to church. (laughs) And I waited till Sunday. and He took me to Calvary South Bay at a Sunday night service. And I went to the Sunday night service. And I waited afterwards. He said, now go up there and to the pastor. And I went up there and it was some pastor. And I went in the back and talked to him. He gave me a little brief sermonette on counting the cost. And I I laid my whole life out in front of this dude. I wish I could know who he was. But he said, I told him, I said, I live with a girl. I sell weed. I do credit card scams. I drink every day. But I want to go to heaven. (laughs) What I got to do? You know what I'm saying? tell me what I got to do. I don't, I don't know none of I don't go to church. I don't know none of this stuff. And he, he gave me a quick little thing. He said, man, just count the, is, is any of those things, do you value them so much that you wouldn't let them go to pursue God? I was like, no, I just, I need to know what to do.
0: You've been listening to Pastor Bill Bovington and a transforming word. We know you didn't have to come today. You could have turned off this message and moved on to the news or to a talk show, but you chose to stay. You chose to invest your time in learning more about the Word of God with us. In this series, Pastor Bill is making his way through the book of Romans. In Romans 8, 6, we read, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. You didn't have to stay today, but it might be the best decision you could have made. On the news, you could have encountered plenty of death. But here, we're able to set our minds on the Spirit together, discovering the life and peace that He brings. And we have more opportunities for you to set your mind on the Spirit. Why wait for the next edition of A Transforming Word? On our website, you'll find a daily Bible reading plan, links to our YouTube channel, and our mobile app. You'll have hundreds of messages available to you at the touch of a finger. You'll also find ways to join in the work with us through giving and prayer. Our website is calvaryenglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryenglewood.org. But there are other ways to find us too. We're on Instagram and Facebook. What better way to move your mind to the Spirit than to bring Him into your social media? As you can see, we have many ways to help you connect with God throughout your week. Oh yeah. And don't forget to come back here next time for a transforming word to transform your life.